here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Pat and Scott with our Week 15 Start and Sit uh, competition episode, a little bit of both. Again, we've been going through this for uh, two seasons now where we try to do what you know some of the prognosticators do, but it's also a, a friendly competition between Pat and I where we will choose who we think are the top five, uh, you know, starts and sits based on quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, and team defense, and then go back and forth with a a point threshold. Pat's got this chart that, you know, looks like an <laughs> like Andy Reid's chart, kind of, you know, that has all the, <laughs> the breakdowns and, and where everybody was for that week, and there's colors, it's red, green, yellow, it's, it's beautiful, it's amazing, it's the holidays. Folks, again, we, we do appreciate you listening, so uh, hopefully we can entertain you with our our talk about week 15 starts and sits and again you know we appreciate everybody out there that subscribes to the show again you could give us a a follow and a subscribe on podbean apple podcast you know things like that that just kind of help push us a little bit drive the show we are on youtube you can subscribe to our youtube channel uh, uh, we have a website yes folks with a lot of links to it www.the9routeffb.com you can send us a little email uh, with some questions, comments, concerns at the nine route FFB at gmail.com. And Pat and I are at the nine route one on Twitter. And I am independently uh, at Scott from Delco also on Twitter. The chart that you're speaking of is, uh, yeah, I feel like you need to be a quarterback to understand it. Honestly, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty confusing. So uh, <laughs> definitely need to overhaul. Like you said, some of the uh, the points concepts and and overhaul the the chart altogether. I don't I don't think I need separate columns for the colors. I can just make them different colors. It, I don't really whatever has me winning. That's all uh, I yeah, care about. I right? can't make that happen. That's something that you you know I can only. <laughs> what's the saying? You can only lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I, you yeah. know, I'm trying here. You keep you keep picking. You know, Justin Jefferson as your sit. Like I, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty easy to beat you and. Even though he did have a bad game, it was still like 12 he was a, points. He, he was a fade. I'll take, I'm taking a hit for the team. He was a fade. Don't worry. I, get, I get you. All right. So let's do our little review here from week 14. We still have one pending because, again, we record on Mondays, and uh, the Monday night game has not officially happened as of yet. So you are 3-5-1 and one heading into the Monday night game. Uh, I do not have any players left in the Monday night game, at least not for my start sits. Uh, I finished six and four. Our head to head this week, I am up five to four with, uh, again, with your one player pending. So you would need uh, James Connor to score less than 11.8 fantasy points uh, in order to, to knot this one up at five, five for the week. But as of right now, I am up 71 to 43. And uh, again, if I, if I can pull off another one, it'd be 72. If you get it, It'll be 71 to 65. So uh, still still a marginable lead here. You're going to have to uh, put some string, some good weeks together here to catch up. See what I can do, buddy. I'm it's coming. the playoffs, baby. It's the playoffs. You got you to set your, your playoff start sit roster here. <laughs> I think I got it. Well, we are going to find out. 
So you uh, you get the right of first refusal, I guess, or is, how's this working? Yeah, I mean, I am technically up as of right now. So uh, you know what? I, I'm going to let you go first this time. I'm I'm uh, I'm feeling very generous oh. in this holiday season. Well, I I appreciate that. You know, you're you're looking out for me, and and I, you know, hey, I'll, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Uh, Start this. My quarterback start of the week uh, is going to be none other than Andy Dalton. Yeah, relax. I know. Uh, it's Andy Dalton. The New Orleans Saints at 4-9 don't seem like a you know a playoff-bound team. That being said, you know, they're not going to look to tank either. They traded away their picks for next year, their, their first rounder. Actually, Philadelphia Eagles hold that pick. So they have nothing to play for to lose. And they're at 4-9 only two games out of their division lead, again, in the bum fight that is the NFC South with Carolina, with Atlanta, uh, with Tampa Bay. Uh, everybody's horrible. So, again, you, all you got to do is just basically um, not suck as bad as everybody else, and you're going to make the playoffs. Uh, two weeks before the bye, uh, Tampa Bay and San Francisco were two terrible matchups for any quarterback. Uh, obviously, they got shut out against San Francisco, but – uh, behind that, though, Andy Dalton had some decent games. Not all of them, but he did have uh, – he put up 28 points. He put up 33 points, 21 points. You know, it had been on a level where maybe, just maybe, they were going to kind of poke through and, and get somewhere. So, if anything, this team has to play for – it is to say, hey, let's get into the playoffs. Let's see what we can do. You never know. Um, that being said, Andy Dalton, to me, has the potential uh, against the Atlanta Falcons, who are a very – very suspect, uh, suspect team to, to say the least. Um, again, you're looking at the Atlanta Falcons defense against Andy Dalton, the vision game. It's going to be a tough one, but I think he has, I think he has one of his better games of the season uh, coming off the bye and getting ready to maybe give those New Orleans Saints a playoff push. Andy Dalton, my quarterback, start of the week. Oh, and he'll help me big time in my league. If uh, by the way, oh, it's just in. Yeah, I didn't have an angle. Um, yeah, he uh, in my my thirty two teamer. He is my quarterback of record. So uh, if he kills it, that is really going to give me uh, give me a help. So please, you please definitely shouldn't have made him your start. Then you totally changed nah, it. Way to go. Got this. Got this. Yeah, I made I made my start somebody that I hope has a terrible game. Just in case I am wrong, then I won't feel as bad about it. I, I am going to go with Dak Prescott this week versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dak had a, as expected, a bad game against the Houston Texans. Two of the three touchdowns that were scored by the Cowboys came on the ground. I think what wasn't expected was how close this game was and that the Cowboys had to score a touchdown in the final minute just to pull out the win. The Cowboys almost looked past this game and ended up with a loss, but unluckily for us Eagles fans, they eked out a win over a now 1-11-1 team. Unfortunately for Jacksonville, games like this almost always mean terrible, terrible things for the next team on the slate. Whenever a team plays this bad, it just kind of wakes them up and, and makes them you know, sort of realize like, hey, we can't take these games for granted against these teams that we think we should beat, so... Uh, I have a feeling that they're going to bring their A game on both sides of the ball this week, and Dak will atone for his lackluster Week 14 performance against a Jacksonville team that's the third worst versus the quarterback position over the last six weeks, giving up over 22 fantasy points per game. With the Las Vegas 
implied points total of 21 and a half for the Jags. The Cowboys might have to score some points and uh, might have to do it in bunches. And this Jacksonville team has quietly been a top 12 team versus the running back position in fantasy over that same stretch. So this feels like a, uh, a Dak CD lamb kind of week to me. I think, uh, you know, the Cowboys are, are going to be pushing again. They got the Eagles in front of them. So constantly looking up at that, that one loss team ahead of them and need to make sure that they keep winning in order to have a shot at some point down the stretch. So, uh, I think you can see a, a big game from both offenses in this one. And uh, and I think Dak has a, a pretty good week against a Jacksonville team that you know likes to give it up to the quarterback. A couple other streamers for you this week. If Dak Prescott is not available or, or Dalton is not available to you, there's a couple other streamers uh, that we like or that I like. I don't want to speak for Scott. Mike White versus the Lions. If he comes back and plays, I think he's in for a huge week against Detroit. Detroit scores a ton of points. They also give up a ton of points, and the Jets have offensive weapons, so I think Mike White could have a big week. And Matt Ryan versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings have been just completely terrible on defense, and I think that Matt Ryan could, again, have a game where he needs to keep up with the other team because Minnesota can score. So I think uh, Mike White and Matt Ryan are both, if they're available for you in your league, again, these are guys that we mentioned on our earlier episode this week with the tight end, I mean, excuse me, with the playoff streaming options. Uh, both of them have really good matchups in week 15 if you can't grab Prescott or Dalton. Uh, moving on to the running back position. Kind of like uh, J.K. Dobbins this week. Looked pretty impressive. Game was very physical. Uh, both quarterbacks getting knocked out to the point where you had Anthony Brown, who uh, promising you know young player, but again, not worthy of a, a roster spot at quarterback. Kind of forced the hand of the Baltimore Ravens offense. And again, we always talk about how run heavy those teams are, especially those two, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, but that division as a whole, Cincinnati being, you know, the one outlier with the the heavy wide receivers, but JK Dobbins, 15 carries, 120 yards and a touchdown, a 44 yard run. He averaged eight a carry. Gus Edwards was right behind him. So it's not like it's his backfield by himself, a little bit of a hot hand, so to speak, but it was nice to see for a young player that was coming off a tough knee injury and has had stretches this year where like he may be turning the corner and then regressing a little bit because of that. Maybe it was that Pittsburgh matchup that kind of had him going. He's got another matchup division-wise this week against the Cleveland Browns, who are one of the worst, one of the worst against the running back position. So I, I'm kind of leaning towards J.K. Dobbins having a pretty solid game. Maybe not quite what he had this past week, but enough to keep moving and, and maybe gets a little play out of the backfield as far as a pass catcher too. So J.K. Dobbins, I think he's got top 15, top 20 potential as a running back this week, and he's going to be in my starting lineup. Yeah, he uh, he was surprising this past week, I, I will say. I didn't think he'd come back from injury and be that involved right away. Uh, my start of the week this week is going to be Isaiah Pacheco. I'm back to picking on the Texans. I go, I went away from it for a week and something just didn't feel right in my soul. So uh, I had to go back and uh, and pick on the Texans again. But I mean, if you saw the game against the Cowboys, the Texans showed why you start your running backs against them. Both Zeke and Pollard finished top 10 at the running back position in week 14. Again, still a game to be played, but they're both top 10 coming into the Monday night game. They've scored all three of Dallas's touchdowns in this game. Zeke had one, uh, the game winner, and Pollard had two. The Texans are so bad against the run and subsequently so good against quarterbacks and wide receivers that I would almost 
advocate for sitting Mahomes this week if I hadn't already been burned by Mahomes, you know, doubting him on the season, putting him as my QB eight in draft season. I, I don't think I can uh, I can't question the great Patrick Mahomes again. But I do expect this game to be pretty much out of hand by halftime. And I can imagine that the Chiefs are going to be running the ball pretty much most of the second half. You know, Andy Reid's still going to throw those those plays in there. Mahomes still going to get his little his little passes, his dump offs, things like that. But uh, I could actually see McKinnon having another good game, not as good as he had this week. But uh, I could see both guys getting a ton of carries in a game where it could get out of hand really quickly. Uh, I know that Texans gave the the old college try against the Cowboys last week. But um, and, and I say that because they're probably about as good as a college football team. But I think that with Isaiah Pacheco sort of being the the grinded out, the between the tackles, the the clockwork running back, as I like to call them, the guys that you give the ball to when you just want to run the clock out. Uh, I think you can absolutely fire him up against the Texans. I think there's going to be plenty of carries for him in this game. All right, and moving on. Wide receiver start of the week is going to be Michael Pittman versus the Minnesota Vikings. Pat, I know you just touched on it. Minnesota's defense is horrendous, particularly against the wide receiver position. They've basically been bottom three all season. They just try to outscore you, and at times it has worked for them. Didn't work this past week. Jared Goff and those Detroit Lions uh, really kind of took it to them. Pretty good. Uh, Jared Goff threw for 330 yards. DJ Shark, you had Amara St. Brown, both with six catches apiece. Josh Reynolds had five catches. We talked about uh, Jamison Williams in our previous episode having his first NFL catch, a 41-yard touchdown reception. So being able to pass on this team is no problem whatsoever. Uh, And again, we talked about Matt Ryan being a positive streaming option. Again, they lead points this Minnesota defense. So Michael Pittman, you know, some people have been a little down on him, and there's been a lot of crazy things that have happened at the quarterback position. But for the season, so far, he has 76 receptions for 755 yards and two touchdowns. Again, maybe with more competitive, competent quarterback play, some consistency, whatever you want to call it. Uh, those numbers could be a little better, as would the whole offense. Jeff Saturday seems to have you know, just kind of leveled off the ship a little bit for whatever was going on with Frank right there at the end. So I like Michael Pittman. I like him to ball out, honestly. Uh, I could see him definitely being a top 10 wide receiver this week. Uh, against those Minnesota Vikings. But at the rate they're going, Pat, I think you and I could be top 25. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny that you say you and I because my start of the week is actually Paris Campbell in this same game. There it is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was looking at the the numbers, and I'm like, how do you not pick someone from Indianapolis in this game? Like, the, the Vikings have been so bad. Over the last six weeks, the Vikings are giving up. Are you ready for this? Ready. 50... PPR points per game to the wide receiver position. That is ridiculous. Because they don't care because you look at, <laughs> I mean, really, again, you look at that, like the box score of that game, it's like, yeah, Kirk Cousins, 31 to 41, 425, Four, yeah. two touchdowns, had a great game. Justin Jefferson, 11 for 223. And, and you still lost by 11. Yeah. Like, because, yeah, yeah, you can't stop them. And you ha- you get all the way down the field, and that's great, but. Christ, you can't you can't do nothing. And oh God, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No, no. <laughs> I, listen, I uh, for all the same reasons is why I'm starting Paris Campbell. Basically, everything that you just spelled out for Pittman, Campbell is is he's the number two on this team, obviously behind mm-hmm. Pittman. But 
you know, he's not that far behind as, as Matt Ryan, when he came back uh, in week 10 to be the starter again, Campbell is right behind Michael Pittman with 23 targets, 18 receptions and one touchdown in the past four weeks. He's a major part of this offense now. I, I really thought it was going to be Alec Pierce, who did have uh, you know a pretty good showing in Week 13, the last time they played. But uh, Campbell's Campbell's the number two. He's finally you know living up to some of the hype that you know has been kind of swirling around him over the past couple of years, where he just couldn't get anything done. But I think uh, you know Matt Ryan is maybe not the best quarterback in the league, but he's a guy you give him some wide receivers who are uh you know serviceable and he can deliver he can deliver some some passes to him and and i think that i think campbell and Pittman are both great plays this week in a game where this has one of the highest over-unders on the week so there's definitely going to be points scored in this one and i want as many parts of both of these i think you could start adam Thielen in this one as well because i don't think the colts are great you know against the pass either so uh, definitely going to be one of those high scoring games where i'm going to want a lot of pieces so We'll just see which one of our pieces scores more points in, in this week's uh, starts it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it might, it may, we, we may end up having a push there. It'll, um, it'll be all tight ends. It'll be, you know, your boy uh, Jelani Woods uh, Jelani and Mo Alley-Cox. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tight ends, why not? Okay. I will do – how about Greg Dolchich for the win? Denver Broncos, yeah, their offense has been pretty subpar this season. And, and again, there's still a quarterback issue with – Russell Wilson and concussion protocol that you have to monitor. Brett Rippon could be the guy this week, but I don't care. The Arizona Cardinals defense against the tight end, that's a cheat code. They're the worst by far in the league. Uh, Given up almost about 20 points a game to the position. Uh, They've given up almost 1,000 yards already. 86 receptions on 104 targets, nine touchdowns. Like They just can't cover this position. And this is a great young tight end that I've been – banging the drum for for a while you know he's had a couple ups and downs he had an okay game it could have been a lot better he was targeted eight times uh, only came down with three balls but at the end of the day when you look at that roster he's only played uh in seven games but he's got he's third on the team in targets behind obviously jerry judy Cortland sutton and if you know sutton's out banged up and you're looking for people to throw to uh, it sounds like this is a guy. Um, he only has one touchdown. So, again, he's getting all of his points this season uh, in the true concept of PPR. That is, you know, what you want out of the position. You don't want him to be too touchdown dependent because, again, that can really make or break you. I mean, it can help win, but it's somebody maybe sustained that you're really kind of looking to, you know, have uh, have in your roster as a whole. So I like Greg Dolchich this week. Uh, to smoke the Arizona Cardinals, get me some points, and and be honestly probably a top five player at, at that position for the week. Pat, yeah, Dulcich is one of those guys who isn't touchdown dependent, which is good because it gives you a baseline of points even when he doesn't score, which he hasn't done a lot this year because the Denver offense hasn't scored a lot. But yeah, I actually uh, he's one of the guys that I had as you know the streaming options at, at the tight end position as well. So uh, I do like that call. Uh, I am going to go with David Njoku this week versus Baltimore. I almost went with Gerald Everett again versus the Tennessee Titans because it, the Titans are a good matchup, which means because I didn't pick him, he'll probably absolutely go nuts this week. So you're welcome for that. Start Gerald Everett. Uh, but I I wanted to <laughs> highlight I wanted to highlight David Njoku here. Uh, the Ravens have been a lot better on defense over the last six weeks 
uh, than they were earlier in the season. But the one place that they still give up some points is the tight end position. But this pick is less about the Ravens and more about the Cleveland Browns. Since Deshaun Watson has been back from his suspension and starting for Cleveland, the Browns have been understandably throwing the ball uh, more than they did with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. It hasn't necessarily led to more wins. I think they're one and one in his two starts, but it shows that they're trying to become a more balanced offense. You know, they were really run heavy in the beginning of the season and uh, they started to, things have started to, to turn to a little bit more balance. Now, you know, Watson is still getting back to, you know, it's the first time he's been on the field and, over 700 days last week, you know, with his first start. So he's going to get better as a passer as the season goes on. It's like anything else that you do in life. You know, you can do it for a really long time. Like I went out and shot hoops with my son the other day and I was like missing the rim and stuff. And then you kind of get back into it and you start to get the feel for it again. And then all of a sudden, like he doesn't want to play with me anymore because I don't miss. So that, you know, it <laughs> Watson will eventually get back to the point where he doesn't miss. It's just a matter of, you know, letting him get there. And I think that one of the ways that he gets there is by taking these these short, high percentage passes, you know, to Njoku, who's already been targeting a ton since he's been back. And Njoku's athleticism is off the charts. I mean, he's one of those guys who, uh, as we saw in a game last year, I believe it was, he took like a slant route, like, 60 some yards to the house, which you do not see at the tight end position because generally cornerbacks and safeties can run you down when, you know, you're a tight end and, and, you know, you've got 60 yards to go, but Njoku has the athletic ability of a, you know, a wide receiver. And I think that that makes him a, a great target for Watson and, and Watson's already shown that he likes to throw to Njoku and, he does well when he throws to him. He's got the highest completion percentage to, to Njoku as he, than he does than any other player on the team. So definitely think he's a good start this week. Even though it's going to be a tough matchup, uh, I think Njoku gets a touchdown in this one, and I think that uh, he has a good game. Uh, a couple of other guys, like I mentioned, Gerald Everett this week versus tight end has a good matchup versus Tennessee has a good matchup. Your guy, Greg Dulcich, and also Tyler Conklin, who we – Mentioned in our playoff streamers has a, a really good matchup versus the Detroit Lions this week. So again, if Njoku or Dulcich is not available, you can go with Everett or Conklin this week as well to tight end position. And rounding out our starts of the week, I'm going to give you my defense. And I <laughs> kind of going with my gut a little bit here, but I like the New England Patriots against the Las Vegas Raiders. Got a lot of got a lot of stuff in the background there. It's Bill Belichick against Josh McDaniel, which is a huge thing for me. You know the the master versus the student kind of thing, which I, I always kind of like that play. Um, you know, where who's going to know what the other guy's doing? Plus, the Raiders just kind of crashed and burned there on Thursday Night Football, where they had a win and they just found a way to give it back to the Rams and a quarterback who will not be named. Um, <laughs> But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I feel like, you know, the Raiders just can't get out of their own way and, and are probably going to maybe regress a little bit more throughout the season uh, under first-year coach Josh McDaniel. Not first year as a whole, but with that team. You look at the New England Patriots and going into, we're actually recording on Monday night, so they haven't played the Cardinals yet. So with a game in hand uh, behind, I guess, so to speak, 
they're second in the league in total yards allowed. So, I mean, it's still a Bill Belichick defense and seeing him just want to punch that team in the mouth. He knows his quarterbacks will find ways to take stuff away from Derek Carr. They're stingy against the run. So Josh Jacobs shouldn't blow the doors off him like he's done to other teams in recent weeks. Uh, I do like the New England Patriots to put up some points, possibly double digits, but definitely be that respectable seven or eight, getting a turnover or two uh, from the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders, man, that, that Thursday night game was we talking to basketball. I used to play for a coach, one of my favorite coaches of all time, but uh, he used to have this saying, and, and it's a common saying, but the first time I ever heard it, I was probably 16, and it was, don't play to not lose, play to win. And watching that Raiders-Rams game, it just seemed like the Raiders were playing to not lose. Like that's just, they just wanted to keep running the ball and trying to wind the clock, even though they, I mean, they had a 14 point lead, but there was a lot of plays in that game that just, I'm scratching my head. Like, why would you do that? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Are you trying to like give them an opportunity to win this game? Like it's just, I don't know, man, especially with the defense that the Raiders had, I wouldn't, no lead is safe. So I, I don't know. It was, bothering me but yeah the the Raiders are definitely on the uh the downhill for the rest of the season I believe uh my start this week is only because I got into the show doc before you did it's gonna be the Kansas City Chiefs again I went with the Chiefs last week this week they get the Houston Texans we talked about them in our playoff streamers episode earlier in the week they are again you know I'll, I'll reiterate what I said in case you didn't hear the last one but they're one of those teams that they put points on the board against you, and then they force you to throw the ball. And if you don't like throwing the ball, which the Houston Texans would prefer to not do, too bad because in order to keep the game anywhere semblance of a close game, you you have to throw. And then that's where they get their points. They get their sacks, their forced fumbles, their interceptions, you know, all those things. They scored a defensive touchdown against the Broncos this past week. So don't look too much into the Houston Texans being like, well, they put 23 up against the Cowboys. Yeah, but let's be honest, the Cowboys were probably looking past that game, and that's that's kind of why that game got out of hand the way that it did. I just think that Chiefs are not great as far as not giving up points, but they are third in the league with 42 sacks, and they forced 14 turnovers, and they've had two defensive touchdowns so far this season. So definitely a game where things could get out of hand and the Houston Texans could be throwing the ball a lot more than they want to giving a lot of opportunity to the chiefs. And that's why I would absolutely hundred percent start them this week versus the Houston Texans. A couple other defenses you can look at as well. If the chiefs are not available, which they may not be, or if the Patriots are not available, which they probably are not because they're a good defense, Baltimore versus Cleveland. I think Baltimore's defense has been marketably better the last few weeks. Uh, Arizona versus Denver, and that's basically just because you can start anybody versus Denver, especially if Russell Wilson is out. Green Bay gets the Rams this week. The Rams are the second best matchup for fantasy defenses. And then I think you could start either uh, Pittsburgh or Carolina in that game. I I feel like that's going to be a low-scoring game. Sam Darnold and potentially Mitch Trubisky at quarterback could be potentially a lot of turnovers. And, uh, and potentially lead to one or both of those teams scoring defensive touchdowns. So those are the opportunities you want to look for when you're looking for a defense to start. And so I like those teams, uh, especially this week in week 15. Duly noted, Pat. Yep. 
Folks, again, we give you our starts and sits, and obviously it's our main picks, but you know, there's always a couple guys we're on the fence flipping a coin just to say who we feel uh, would be a better option. Uh, but again, we'll try to give you some of the other concepts out there. But you know, when it comes to our standings, we have to pick one guy or Dow. Well, not Dow, just guys. Or whole team. <laughs> yeah, or whole team defense. Yes. Uh, speaking of picking gals, I'm going to go wow. with my sit of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You know it's coming. <laughs> player I'm not really too high on uh, is one Kyler Murray and going up against that Denver Broncos defense as bad as the offense has been their defense has been pretty good uh, all season long I, I don't know if it's just because they're you know they're pissed because of the quarterback play and the offense being as bad as they are you know they they do give up some some yards and, and again they can be breached on the ground a little bit more but you know when it comes to passing yards and, and things of that nature they're they're holding quarterbacks back they're really one of the best overall pretty much a top five defense against that position you're gonna have kyler murray on a shorter week as he has to play on monday night football and, and again coming after a, a tough game against the new england patriots uh to turn around and then have to go back against that defense as well I just don't see it being in the cards, pardon that pun, for Kyler Murray. I, and again, I think it's another tough matchup, another tough defense. And he is somebody that um, you probably could find a better option for. A top 15 quarterback, maybe with a little leg work there. But uh, another week to stick with Call of Duty there, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> I am going to sit this week Deshaun Watson versus the Baltimore Ravens. Just talked a little bit about uh, their defense being a good start. I know it seems a little counterintuitive to say start Njoku, but then also to sit Watson, but it's pretty much it's as simple as this. It doesn't take much to be a good start at the tight end position, but to be a good quarterback, you really have to score some points. And so I think Watson will have an okay day, but not enough to consider him starting quarterback caliber this week, especially since there's nobody on a bye anymore. You don't have to, you know, you're not missing six quarterbacks like you were last week. And with Baltimore's defense playing a lot better as of late, this lines up to be another one of those AFC North battles that we love to watch, but we hate for fantasy purposes. The game itself only has a 37 and a half over under. And as of today, I, I don't see it going up at all from there with Tyler Huntley being questionable to play. This could be another one of those, you know, sub 30 point, NFC, AFC North games that uh, just disappoints for fantasy owners. So uh, definitely sit Deshaun Watson this week. I, I do think he's got some favorable matchups coming up, but I think uh, if you can get through your first week of your playoffs without him, then uh, I think you've got better days ahead. But this is one where I would not want to play him if I had another option. All right. Going to put my neck out there again. Pick a guy and everybody, what are you talking about? He's best. He's awesome. Um, <laughs> running back position uh, this week, I, I feel like it's going to be a strong fade, uh, and some of this is health-wise too. Uh, I'm not digging Saquon Barkley this week. I know you're not going to bench him. He's going to be your flex, maybe your RB2. And again, I just feel like he's not going to do what he did recently against Washington. You know, he was he was limited this week. He was injured. Uh, you know, we, we talked about that. Uh, he had a pretty good game. Just the other week when they had their beautiful tie, put up close to 20 points. But there was an issue throughout this week where there was a neck injury. His status was questionable up in the air, even up to game day. 
uh, when he finally uh, said, yeah, he played nine carries for 28 yards. Uh, he had two receptions for 20 yards, and, and obviously the Eagles dominated that game from start to finish. Washington's defense isn't quite where the Eagles' defense is, no, sir. But the way I kind of see it is that it's going to be one of those games where, you know, this is a playoff matchup in a sense because both teams currently are in the, the entire NFC East right now is qualified for the playoffs if it ended today. You know, these two just played to a tie, so one of them is going to probably look to gain an advantage over the other as a head-to-head tiebreaker. But I don't see Saquon Barkley having – uh, tremendous game. Uh, again, I could see him being held by a defense that has been pretty good, especially recently against the running back position. And again, I, I just kind of see that happening where it's just not going to work out for for our friend Saquon in New York. I actually traded Saquon in one of my leagues. I was out of it anyway, but uh, did not love his playoff schedule. <laughs> so definitely understand where you're coming from with that one. I am going to sit Jamal Williams this week versus the New York Jets. Let me just say this first and foremost. I love Jamal Williams. I think he's hilarious. He's obviously one of those guys that everybody in the locker room gets along with. They love him. He's a great guy. I have him on a few of my rosters, and he's carried me through some, you know, to some wins earlier in the season. So I'm not saying anything bad about Jamal Williams. Love the guy. And he actually leads the league in multi-touchdown games this season. He's got five games where he scored at least two touchdowns, which is absolutely crazy because they've only played, what, 13 games? So yeah. to have two or more touchdowns, he had three in one of them. He leads the league in touchdowns on the ground. Unfortunately, the last three weeks, it's been pretty rough. He scored under 11 PPR points in each game. And the funny part is, in two of those three games, he scored a touchdown. He just doesn't get enough work in the passing game to be relied upon if he doesn't score a touchdown. And now with DeAndre Swift back and looking like he's 100% again, he's even losing out on some of the goal line carries to Swift. And that used to be all him. And so if I can't trust him in the red zone and I can't trust him to get targets because he averages less than one target per game, then I can't continue to start him on the hopes that he's going to score multiple touchdowns. It's just too unlikely that that keeps happening especially against a Jets defense that's been top 10 versus the running back in the last six weeks. And they're giving up under 20 PPR points per game to the position as a whole. And now you have to factor in, let's just assume they give up 25 to the Lions. How many is Swift going to have and how many is Williams going to have? You know what I mean? Like the, it's just Swift is the RB1. Williams is more of the, you know, when they need a tough yard, when they need a goal line carry, but you can't bank on that kind of stuff. So I am going to sit, and this is, I'm actually taking this advice myself. I am actually sitting Jamal Williams in one of my playoff rosters this week. So I suggest you do the same. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing, folks. We give the advice, and then it's even tough for us sometimes to turn around and do that. Go, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But that does help us make those decisions. Terry McLaurin, again, <laughs> you're probably not going to sit him. I get it, unless you have you know some depth at wide receiver. And you're saying, dude, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, he just had a monster game uh, before the bye week against the same New York team. I just think that this one is going to be a little bit of a different matchup. I can't imagine that somebody who was able to exploit 8 of 12 for 105 and a touchdown is going to be given free reign all over the field. Uh, I think that's going to be somebody that they try to really shadow cover, however you want to look at it, really just kind of hold them back. The Giants have been a pretty good defense this season against – 
the pass against the wide receiving position. Uh, and that was one of those games where, again, he kind of just did it all. You know, Giants have been fading a little bit down the stretch. But again, both teams just played to a 2020 tie uh, just two weeks ago. Washington coming off a bye week. And I can't see that the Giants would uh, let somebody, again, like that exploit it. I, I think it might be a bigger day for your Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, um, you know, type of thing. Not saying he's not going to come into play, but uh, I think he's going to get a quick turnaround like he's had throughout the season. I mean, you know, he had 26 and a half points in that Jack Giants game in our league of record. And before that, he put up two weeks in a row of under 10 points with 9.6 and 9.3. Before that, he had 22, then 10, then 18, 18, then 8, then 12. So there's been – and there's been more consistency at the quarterback position. But, um, again, if Taylor Heineke gets beat up a little bit by the, the Giants team that is coming off a big loss and they're looking to take it to a team and it's a division game – Terry McLaurin, I'm sorry, buddy, but uh, I don't see it happening for you again this week. Uh, I am going to sit DJ Moore this week versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's funny, Pittsburgh was one of the teams that you were looking to start your quarterbacks and wide receivers against earlier in the season. From weeks four to week eight, the Steelers were dead last in fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position and second to last versus the quarterback position. But since T.J. Watt came back in Week 10, the Steelers have completely turned things around defensively. Since Week 10, they're the third-best team versus both the quarterback and the wide receiver positions in fantasy football and have given up 20 actual points in a game just one time in those four weeks. It was 37 to Cincinnati in Week 11, but every other game has been under 20 points by the Steelers' defense. So if you're looking at the season-long stats, and you're going to see, especially a lot of the apps that, you know, Sleeper, NFL.com, or ESPN, you're going to see a little green number next to the Pittsburgh Steelers saying, yay, it's start me against this bad defense. Don't listen to that. That is a cumulative total over the season. That does not count for TJ Watt effect. I don't know how the guy's not the MVP. I mean, if you look at the numbers, the Steelers defense with him and without him, it's almost like they're a completely different team. They are so much better than the season stats suggest right now. And I expect this to be a, a pretty low scoring game. Like I said, a lot of turnovers with these quarterbacks. I uh, don't see a lot of points being put on the board. And I want no part of really anybody in this game. Honestly, I, I, would, I would try to avoid all pieces if I possibly could. But I definitely don't want a part of DJ Moore talking about how Terry McLaurin is hit or miss. DJ Moore, I, I've I've affectionately named him DJ Moore or less because he either has like 30 points or three. Like there, there's almost like, it seems like there's no in between with DJ Moore. He either absolutely blows up or completely just, I think he last week he had 0.9 fantasy points. I don't even know how that's possible in PPR, but he had less than one point. And like the week before that he had, what do you have like 28 or something? Like I just, I don't want to deal with that in my playoffs. I would rather... I'd rather take a guy that scores, you know, 14 or 15 consistently than take a shot with DJ Moore, especially against this Pittsburgh Steelers defense that's been a lot tougher as of late. True. Yeah. The wonders will never cease. Uh, staying with that game, uh, I'm going to go with my tight end sit of the week. And just saying, you know, again, we don't know yet what's going to happen with Kenny Pickett. Uh, obviously, was in concussion protocol after yesterday. And that meant Mitchell Trubisky was back at quarterback. Pat Fryermuth at tight end. I kind of feel like this is a tougher matchup against the Carolina Panthers. 
you know, he had a decent game yesterday. It uh, wasn't horrible, but again, the game wasn't anything crazy. It did have a touchdown catch. Like, I, I understand he's one of the better young up-and-coming tight ends in the league and, you know, has been playing pretty well recently. But I do think that this matchup does scream, hey, you know, a little bit of a letdown, especially if you're going to have uh, Mitchell Trubisky as your quarterback. Now, again, I know he was out there on the field and, and you know, yeah, he had a 12-and-a-half-point game just about in our league of record. But I think this game's going to be a little tougher for him. I don't see him maybe quite doing what he did uh, this past week, last two weeks. Again, you know, he's been he's been good, but this is going to be one of those games where the ups and downs kind of leans towards the down. Carolina Panthers, not that they're playing for anything, but again, you know, pride is one thing. And being uh, just statistically one of the better teams against the position is something you want to lean on. So I am going to find a better option than Pat Fryermuth this week in week 15 against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, man. But I will say this. I just heard this yesterday. I didn't know this on my own. But uh, the Carolina Panthers are playing for something. They actually control their own destiny. If they win out, no matter what happens with any other games, they win the division. Hmm. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Because they, they play the Bucks again. So. They would obviously have to beat them to win out, and that would then give them the division, which is absolutely nuts that we're at this point where Carolina can still not just make the playoffs, but actually win the division is absolutely absurd. But that could is you imagine them are. playing San Francisco too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, first man. Round. And yeah, upset them. Oh, God. Yeah. That'd be some, <laughs> some stuff there, man. Yeah. Uh, so my sit this week, uh, I'm going to go with. Two players because uh, not quite sure which don't one know is who playing. it is. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't like either of them. Darren Waller and Foster Moreau. Waller seems like he could potentially be back this week. He is slated to practice uh, this week. We, we don't know, you know, how far that's going to get. He hasn't actually played a game since week five. But either way, this is uh, one of those. Don't look at the season-long stats for New England. New England has been very good versus the tight end in the last five weeks. They rank third against opposing tight ends, giving up just 6.8 PPR points per game during that span. And Foster Moreau didn't score a single point this past week. Darren Waller is coming back off of injury. You know, you said that you wanted to start the Patriots defense, which I, I definitely don't blame you for that. I, I just, I'm with you, man. I just don't want... I mean, other than Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, just because they have been absolute stalwarts for your fantasy team, I really don't want to start anybody else from the Raiders. Don't want to start their defense. Don't want to start any tight ends or quarter. Like, I definitely don't want to start Derek Carr. Like, it's just not, they're not in a good place right now. And I just, I don't want any part of it if I can avoid it. All right. I believe you. And finally, uh, my defensive sit of the week. And it brings me great pride to say this. Uh, I will not want any parts of the Dallas Cowboys defense this week. Yeah, you know, they've they've been, you know, th their stats are there. And again, there's that insane game that they just had against the Indianapolis Colts, you know, where it was fourth quarter turnover laden, uh, you know, everything else uh, under the sun. They had a little bit of trouble this past week against the Houston Texans. You're going up against the Jaguars team this week who really don't hold back on offense. They tend to be one of the one of the tougher teams for defenses because they just find different ways to score, get points. They don't turn the ball over a ton through the season. You know, Trevor Lawrence has come around and, and has really started to blossom as a quarterback. 20 touchdowns to six interceptions. 
you know, that that's pretty solid, uh, you know, when it comes down to it for for a team like Jacksonville. So I feel like this is one of those games where we got a little skin in it. Uh, you know, ex uh, ex Eagles Super Bowl champion coach Doug Peterson running that team. Jacksonville smells a little blood in the water, too. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are only two games up on them, you know, with not a lot left to play. So Jacksonville. You know, they could sneak into the playoffs uh, unbeknownst to everybody in the league and then suddenly make a little noise for a team that's kind of reborn with a new coaching staff and a great young squad. And again, I just feel like that Cowboys team, they they know they're in the playoffs, this, that, and the third. They're here in ESPN, tell them they're the best team in the history of the universe and, you know, just lock it in right now. But I just feel like that overall that, that they're going to, you know, they're looking ahead. Right now, they're looking ahead to that Eagles matchup in a couple weeks. That's really going to be for the division. They're, you know, they they won all that, and I think that they're going to be a little scared. And I definitely think that Jacksonville is going to light them up a little bit this week. I would not be surprised if the Jaguars upset the Cowboys. I'll put it that way. Is that a wishful thinking, or uh, you putting your money where your mouth is on that? One? I I mean I I not that I not that I have money to put anywhere. Um, <laughs> But you know, I mean, again, I know they're on the road, but right now I think they're only they're only like a four and a half point favorite mm-hmm. so far. Um, you know, that to me kind of says that eh, maybe they're thinking. You know, Dallas Dallas doesn't do anything too bad if they lose the game. I mean, for the sake of the finishing out of the season and, and stuff, they're probably going to be right there at the. They're not going to get a buy, so they're going to have a home field. Maybe Minnesota like pips them for the two, three to lose this game non-conference won't kill you. You know what I mean? And that's the other thing I think where they kind of get it just like the, you know, get that loss out of the way. It's like, well, you know, I I still think that's kind of stupid, but overall I think that, you know, I do feel like Jacksonville has a chance to, to kind of upset these guys. And again, because they're playing for something and and not, um, you know, they play the Cowboys, then they have the jets, the Texans, and they finished their season against the Titans. That could be for the division. Yeah, I think uh, I think for the Cowboys, they're they're either going to be first or fifth in the yeah. NFC. It's I mean that's really either they they get some help and beat the Eagles, and the Eagles lose another game, and you know the Cowboys could eventually win the division, which is, is a long shot at this point, but that's possible. Or they're going to be the best wild card team, you know, best record of the wild card teams. I don't I don't really think there's an an in between for them at this point, unless you know things really go south quickly, which. I, you know, I wouldn't mind, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well, and don't forget, Jacksonville has the best tight end in football in Evan Ingram. <laughs> yeah, if you go off of last week only, I think that's exactly right. Uh, all right, my start, or excuse me, my sit this week is going to be the Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, when the Bucks won the Super Bowl two years ago, they did it not only on the back of Tom Brady, but more so on the back of a stellar defense. And that defense no longer exists in Tampa Bay. They're still fairly tough against the run, but with all the injuries to their defensive backfield, the Bucks have struggled against good passing teams. Now they get Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are fourth in total passing yards, fifth in completion, sixth in yards per attempt, and second in passing touchdowns. Not a good matchup for the Bucks, who are under 500, but still in first place and fighting to win that NFC South division and make the playoffs. But if they want to get back to 500 this week with a win against the Bengals, they're going to have to do it on the offensive side of the ball because I feel like the Bengals are going to score. And 
I think the Bucks are going to have to offensively keep up with them or get absolutely trucked in this game. Yeah, I think you're right, Bill. I think you're right. Well, that's it for starts and sits this week. I'm um, hoping to gain some ground on you, Pat. We'll see what happens. I know we still have one in play for tonight that that may have a small effect of just a push, but I'll take any momentum I can <laughs> uh, moving forward in these final weeks of the <clears throat> NFL and fantasy football season. Uh, folks, again, uh, we do love everybody out there. We appreciate you for listening. Uh, you know, and as you listen, please try to hit that subscribe and, and follow button on everything out there. YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. Uh, you know, you can take a look at our website. We have plenty of links to everything there. It's www.thenineroutefb.com. You can shoot us an email if you're interested in finding out more about us or the show or our process or, you know, give you some insider info that we have that maybe we didn't make available now through the weekend. You can email us the nine route ffb at gmail.com we are at the nine route one on twitter if you want to hit us up real quick i am at scott from delco uh, again please feel free to reach out contact us and again we, we love trying to get everybody that info to get you to that fantasy football playoff and that championship and and again i think we can do it here uh again we appreciate everybody for listening yeah like scott said we you know we record on mondays here so uh, when new information comes out, we don't really have another chance to to put that information out. I know that the podcasts don't get released right away, and you know you won't hear this one until probably Friday morning. But information is is obviously you know coming out all the time. Injuries, people added to the injury report late. So yeah, definitely check us out on social media. We do post uh, a lot of that stuff. If you have any questions. Uh, about anything uh, you know players or you know news that you may have heard we follow that stuff very very closely and uh you know this is a like scott said before this is a hobby for us but we we do take it very seriously we we want to make sure that we're putting information out there uh you know to the listeners that we're giving you the best information that we have when we have it so uh following us on social media emailing the show we will definitely get back to you with answers to any of your questions. Before we go, we want to thank Mickey's Portacall Pub for partnering with the show. If you're looking for a great place to watch the NFL on Sunday, Mickey's is it. They have great food, drink specials, and all the football you can handle. Mickey's Pub, located at 327 East Main Street in Tuckerton, New Jersey, where friends and family meet. And uh, we're getting into, we're starting to get into the, the holiday season now. I know that uh, I actually just told my wife earlier today that next weekend there's football on Saturday and Sunday. And she was kind of like, are you kidding me? And I said, look on the bright side, bring all the Christmas presents in that you bought, put them on the floor, and I will mindlessly wrap them while I'm watching football all weekend. And she was like, oh, really? Okay. So, uh, <laughs> help so me help you. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's got, you know, it's give and take, man. If you want to, you want a good relationship, you have to, uh, you know, there's gotta be some compromise made. So she knows I'm not going to miss football. And, uh, I know that she's going to make me end up wrapping those presents at some point anyway. So yep. let's just get it all knocked out now. Get her done. Hey, good man. <laughs> Smart. I will be working. So you enjoy <laughs> wrapping those presents, buddy. <laughs> All right, man. You got anything else before we uh, before we head out? This uh, Monday night football game is going to kick off here soon. I want to try to catch this, some of it at least. Yeah. No. Uh, again, 
Appreciate everybody for listening. Um, you know, week 15 start sits in the books. It's getting down to the end times now for us, folks. Uh, again, we appreciate everybody out there for listening. For Pat, I am Scott. We'll see you next week for week 16. Peace.